Welcome back to Talking Smack. I am so excited to have Arnold on today. We actually got connected through threads. Okay. I put it out there. You're going to be my first episode of 2024, and I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> but we cannot wait to talk to you guys about social media. So tell us, how did you get into social media in the beginning, and how what led to you creating your own social media agency? Yeah, so I think... As we all know, we all went through a pandemic and it was a time where we all had to stop and think and really just think about what the next move was. I, my most of my life, my adult life had been working retail and I'm good at it. I'm good with people. But then during COVID, I was like, I don't want to go back to retail. I just don't want to work for someone. I don't want to be stuck somewhere like, you know, eight hours a day. And I just started thinking about like, what are some things that I'm already good at that I could either A, research and kind of self-teach myself or B, do some like continuing education on. Um, because fun fact, I went to uh, college for graphic design, but decided to drop out. So I was like, okay, what talent do you have up here that you haven't used as a resource yet? So social media just kind of happened. And looking back now, though, what's so funny is that we're obviously in 2024 now, I could still scroll back on my Instagram to post from like 2017 and 2018, where I was already quote unquote influencing for people, but it wasn't really that well known yet. And so it's funny to go back and see kind of what I had already been doing. And so I was like, okay, you're already doing this. How can you make this profitable? And, you know, obviously 2020 TikTok really popped off. TikTok, I'll be honest with you, is not my strong suit. I'm, the, I'm on the cusp of like Instagram is my tool for everything. And then I just kind of put it out there into the universe. So I was like, hey, guys, like I'm now taking on social media clients. Here's my page. Here's what I'm good at. Here's how you should trust me to help you with yours. And then one thing led to another. And then it became like I became super busy the first five months of business. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, you're riding that wave and that high of like, it's going to be like this forever. It's going to be awesome. And it's not. But it was still just a good way to like jump headfirst into it. And now I offer social media consulting for brands, clients, influencers. And it's just been amazing. That is so exciting. I feel like a lot of the time, and I would love your take on this. Do you mm -hmm. feel like people overcomplicate social media? Yes, because I still overcomplicate social media sometimes. <laughs> it's just, and I think the biggest thing too is with the algorithm, we're always so worried about trying to manipulate the algorithm because at the end of the day, that's when you are performing your best is when you really do manipulate it in a way. And so I do have to remind myself and a lot of my clients that just to go back to the basics, like I have one client right now, she's a um, plus size curvy fashion influencer and she does a great job of it. And she's just kind of going through like, like a little bit of a self-confidence rut and a little bit of a burnout from doing social media for so many years. And I told her, you know what, like F whatever the engagement is for the next few weeks, like you're going into this new year, post videos that make you happy. If they don't get a ton of views, that's okay. If you don't get a ton of likes, comments, that's okay. But you know, as an influencer standpoint, you do still kind of have to worry about that because you're like, well, brands are looking at this. What if this drops? And I'm like, you know what? Right now, what's more important is your mental health and let's take that on. And then naturally your confidence will come back. Brands will see that and then we just continue to grow. What advice do you have for someone who either is in the influencer space and they're first starting out or maybe they're a brand or someone like me, they're a lash artist, maybe a solopreneur or a salon, and they're just like, I can't start. 
Like, I don't know where to start because they're worried about the vanity metrics. Do you have any advice for them to kind of push through that or anything that you tell your clients that you work with? My biggest thing I tell my clients is like, at the end of the day, you are selling a product that someone else offers, whether it's someone else in your same city, someone else online, like with you per se, being a lash artist, there's obviously so many other women now, even men that are doing lashes. So to set yourself apart in the real world and in the social media world, it's authenticity. Be as authentic, as organic as possible. If you mess up in a video, don't re-record it. Post it. Post it messed up and acknowledge it in the caption. Be like, yes, I know that I said blah, blah, blah wrong, but we're all human and we move on. And that just makes your followers and your audience realize, like, this is a real person. They're not being fake. They're giving us their most authentic version of themselves, which is not perfect because none of us are. And it just gives your followers, like, a breath of fresh air and then they trust you. And at the end of the day, they come to you because they're like, I like this person's energy. I like what they have to offer. I like that they show us the good and the bad days. And it will just grow your confidence. It'll make your audience really feel confident with you too and trust you. And then you just naturally will just gain the followers and gain the clientele. And the biggest thing, if you're starting out like very, very fresh, same thing, just be authentic. Don't worry about what filter you use to make your face look perfect or the outfit or this or that. Like, People want to know that the other person on the side of that phone is just as a real human as they are. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. I think it was around 2021, I stopped using filters on my stories. Mm-hmm. And it was after there was a real glitch and I had a filter on and the filter got turned off and I was like, oh, I hate my skin, yeah, I uh-huh. hate my face. <laughs> and I like freaked out for a second and I was like, oh, but it's already like getting so much engagement. Like I'm yeah, gonna leave it up. It now. I can't, yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, the people like this. And I, I went on stories later that day and I was like, this glitch happened, I freaked out. And then I realized like, the filter's holding me back. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm because I'm not showing up if my makeup's not done or I'm not showing up, whatever. Right. Now I show up, I'm like <laughs> surprised I'm even got makeup on today <laughs> for a podcast recording. There, there's but, some like, moments I scroll back and I'm like, I really posted that looking just like that, but the people loved it. So we're going to continue to do it. Mm-hmm, exactly. And I feel like that was something for me. Like it was, it was holding me back if I, if I was like, oh, I have this really good idea or this really, you know, this reel that I want to do right now. And I would not create it because I didn't have makeup on or my hair wasn't done because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've removed that block from myself and it's made it a lot easier to be able to connect with so many more people. And I think that was one thing, you know, speaking from my experience that has really helped me build the community that I've built and the connections that I've created is because I show up when I'm not ready. It's Mm -hmm. because it it makes me relatable. My hair's in a bun. I'm making my coffee in the morning and I stumble across my words and I laugh about it, whatever, move on. And I get more messages on those days when Mm -hmm. I post the mess ups because it exactly like you're saying to echo what you're saying. It's, it's a person. I'm a person. Right. <laughs> like if you are human, just like everyone else that's mm-hmm. tuning into it, posting. And there's also, cause I have some clients that are um, not always the most comfortable with showing like their face or their body image or where they're, what they're doing. So I'm like, there's ways to still show up on social media and post your surroundings or like your hand holding a cup of coffee and different things where it's not always putting your face out there if you don't want to be face forward. So there's ways to still show up. I will say I scroll back sometimes to my old posts and I'm like, do you remember the era of presets and how crazy we went with presets? And I look back and I'm like, no wonder I'm single. Cause I'm sure I showed up to some of these dates and these men's was like, who is that? Cause that is not who we saw on Instagram. <laughs> it's like, 
now you you know but will you also when you take away the filters and the the stress of because what happens is when you worry and you stress about being ready makeup hair outfit you it becomes a chore and you're like i don't have time because you think of all the steps you have to take just to film this 15 second video and when you switch that up and you're just like you know what this idea just came to my mind okay let me throw my hair up in a bun and just record it right here right now content is produced so much quicker. It's produced so much more confidently, authentically. It's easier for you to come up with content versus feeling like you have to be ready at all times. Because how exhausting is it to wake up and be like, I got to post a video today, but that means I have to get fully ready to post this video. And then I can sit back on the couch and be lazy all day. No, you gonna get the same outfit I slept in. <laughs> like, sorry. Exactly. No, I, I am a firm believer of like, do it when you feel that creative burst, yeah. like do it when you have that energy, when you're excited about it. Because if you're like, or I used to do this, I used to put like every Monday from 10 AM to noon, I was going to create content and I was going to get ready and I was going to do it. Guess what? Monday at 930 rolled around and I was like, I'm not ready. Um, <laughs> I am still in bed cuddling right. my dogs. Like, you uh -huh. know what? I'll just do it another day. Like that doesn't work for fun. me. No, but I will say for some people on the flip side, their, their brains need that organization or their schedule is so busy because they're running a storefront or they're working a nine to five, but they still want to be an influencer on the side. So it's like, you have to sometimes schedule that hour of content. And it works for some people to do that, to be like, you know what, before I get to work, I have to be at work at nine this morning, I'm already going to get ready for work. So let me just film from seven 30 to eight 30. I'll film three videos, you know, talking about this, that I'm going to post throughout the rest of the week. Then I feel good about it and I'm ready to go to work. I go to work and then my content for the day or for the week is done. You know, it really just depends what your schedule allows. I feel like for people like us that are, like you said, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, like we can kind of just do it on the fly. And, but for some reason, it doesn't, for some people, it just doesn't work that way. And that's okay. I know. I feel like that was the, that's been the hardest question that people ask me. It's like, well, what do you do to stay consistent on social media? I'm like, girl, <laughs> like I make it when I feel creative, when I can. And I post when I can like, and you're, you're right. Other people need that structure. And mm -hmm. if I worked a different job, I would have to implement that structure right. to make sure I could be consistent. Um, and it's so good I to just do trial and error too, and just figure out what works for you. Like what works for us might not work for someone else. What's working for you might not work for me. I'm very much the same thing. Like I'm on a whim. Like I, some, there's some weeks where I'm like, okay, I'm going to this place. So I'm going to record me trying out this new restaurant. I'm going to, I've just bought this outfit so tomorrow. I'm going to put it on and like talk about it. And there's some weeks that I'm just like looking around the house. And I'm like, is there anything I can talk about right now? Cause I have nothing on the brain and nothing scheduled and you know, and you just kind of just like, all right, let's talk about my plant. Look how pretty it is. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's so funny. Um, okay. I have a question. Do you yeah. feel like it's really important for people to niche down or when we're talking about influencer wise, like, do you think it's easier for people to grow and monetize when they niche down really specific? Or do you mm -hmm. think people can be successful with touching on a broad range of topics? Um, I will be completely honest with you that both options are you know, monetizable and you can be successful in both options. It's just whether you commit to one or the other. So for example, one of my clients right now, she does plus size like fashion. So she only works with fashion brands. They send her things. She posts about fashion and she's noticed that when she doesn't post about an outfit or what she wore or things like that, her engagement isn't really as good because people are so used to her niche is outfits, plus size outfits. So when they see her talking about 
her dog, her husband, her things around the house. Like there's the occasional, you know, like, oh, that one kind of got good engagement, but it, it's just a constant, like, this is not what my people want to see because I've created this niche and this is what they expect from me. Versus when you have influencers like our Queens, Avery Woods and Emily Kaiser, they will post about anything that they do, whether it's them, their kids, their cars, their Christmas decorations, whatever. But because from start to finish, when they started social media, that's what they posted about. It was just them as a whole, their lifestyle as a whole, what they did, what they ate, where they shop, who they hang out with. So both are monetizable. It's just knowing which one you want to be known for. I can't remember who told me this a while back. I was on a call or something and someone told me, I was watching a video maybe, and it was basically talking about how people want to go viral so badly that they'll do, you know, some funny things, some outrageous thing, put on a crazy outfit, they'll paint their face and do funny noises, whatever it is to get that viral video on TikTok specifically. And it's like, you got to realize once you go viral for that, you have to be that persona from now on that you have like become. So it's like, instead of trying to go viral for something specific, keep being you and keep showing up as you, whether that's a niche or whether that's just like an overall broad lifestyle. And it'll naturally just kind of grow. Cause you don't like, what if I do a video where I painted my face red and streaked across town and then all of a sudden that went viral. And then now I have to do that every week to stay viral. You know, it's like, I don't want to be known as that person. So it really no, just, I, it's, it's both options really work best. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, so I guess this is a better question. So say I'm coming to you for social media consulting. I've been in the lash industry for 10 years and I have always talked about lashes and I've posted a little bit of behind the scenes or like vacation stuff and here and there. And I've cultivated a really strong connection with my audience just showing up and I'm silly and I have funny stuff. If I wanted to pivot, and be like, okay, I want to be like a regular everyday influencer now. Would you recommend starting a new Instagram Mm -mm. or just continuing? Yeah. I would 100% recommend continuing and you've just got to train your audience to follow along with it. Because you got to think you've already made a connection with your followers, whether that's 200 followers, that's 200,000 followers. They have connected with you. They trust you. They know the ins and outs of your life. Cause I forget. So, I mean, I don't have a massive following. I'm still considered a micro influencer. But like, I'll be around town and people know every detail. Like they'll come up to me and they're like, oh my God, you were sick a few days ago and your friend brought you soup. How was the soup? And I'm, and I'm like, what? What? Where were you? And they're like, yeah, I posted about it. Duh. So it's like these people are already invested in you. All you have to do now is be upfront and open with them and be like, hey guys, I know you guys have always followed me for lashes and my expertise in lashes and consulting, but I feel like there's so many fun other things that I do and I want to share with you guys. And I'm just going to start doing that and just let them know like, hey, you, I need you guys to switch your mindset and just be open-minded to the new things I'm going to do. Versus I feel like some people, when they are in that stage where they want to add on new things to their niche per se, they'll do like questions and they're like, what do you guys want to see from me? What do you want to see more of? And it's like, don't ask what you want them to see. Just tell them what they're about to see and just train them with it. So you have the ability to do that. Just please do not start a new account. <laughs> Don't <laughs> hard to yourself, please. <laughs> I love that. Well, and I see so many people ask that all the time or like I'll see lash artists be like, oh, I love, like you guys love my outfits. I'm going to create a new page for my outfits or mm-hmm. something. And it's like, why are you, now you're making it harder for them to no, connect with you by jumping to a new account. That's probably, you know, you might have good engagement in the beginning because you're a fresh account, but it's like, yeah. I agree with you completely because you've already 
established a connection with certain yeah. people. And, and I love what you said about asking your audience, like, Oh, what do you want to see from me? People? I see that all the time when like online course cr creators, what yeah. course do you want me to create for you? It's like, if your heart's not in it and you're like, this I'll is what it. I want to create. Like, it's right. not going to, it's not going to go in the direction that you want it to go. No. And it's like, again, your people trust you. So just, if you're telling them, Hey, I'm about to make a switch. You're going to see some more outfit videos I've sprinkled in here. You're going to see some travel videos from when I travel, you know, and then they'll start getting used to that. And then they'll start anticipating that. Then it'll get to the point where they're like, oh, I know Mackenzie's going to go out of town in two weeks. I know I'm going to get outfit videos of her while she's there. I know we're going to get, uh, at the end of it, we're going to get a review video of the resort, like XYZ. They start getting used to that and they start expecting it from you. So you just got to tell them what they're about to see. Exactly. I, I can't remember where I heard it, but someone said you train your audience how to interact with you and engage what? with you and what to expect right. from you. Yeah. And I think for anyone who's wanting to be more consistent, and I always urge everyone to understand, like, it's not just about the vanity metrics. Mm -hmm. It also depends on what your what your goal is. Like, if it's a company and you're trying to sell, if you're only getting 30 likes, but you're selling 30 of your product or 30 of your online course, you're like, good. that's you're a win. Good. Yes, that's a win. That's right there. Yes. And it's also, and I'm sure you know this too, the algorithms change so much to where it's not really about how many followers you have. It's about the amount of followers that are engaging with you, the percentage of followers you're engaging with. So it's like, I see so many people that I've worked on the influencer marketing side for brands and as an influencer like myself. So I've seen how so many brands now they're like, oh yeah, this person has a hundred thousand followers, but their engagement rate is so low. We're not going to get anything out of them versus this you know, influencer has 7,000 followers, but their engagement is so high. Like they, his, they've trained their audience that they love to interact. They love to engage. They buy whatever product they talk about. We're going to go with this one because this one is going to get us our product sold versus this person. Yeah, may get it out there, but is it going to sell? Probably not. So it really is even little things like call to actions on your captions, save this story, you know, for next time you're in my store or share this with your bestie that needs this outfit, you know, like tell them what to do. Do you want them to caption? I mean, co comment on your caption. Do you want them to save it? Do you want them to share it? What do you want them to do? And nine times out of 10, they'll listen and do it, you know, because they trust you. That. And also I, I look at it too, like people are lazy and they want things to be easy. And if, yes. if, and I've, do this all the time too. If I see a caption that's like, save this for later, I'm like, oh, they're right. I might need to come back and look at this. I might need to do that or share this with someone who might need it. I'm like, you know what? I might know someone who needs right. to hear this message, who needs this little tip. And um, I think there are so many little things that influencers or brands or salon owners, lash artists, solopreneurs are forgetting. And they're the simplest things when it comes to social media to teach your audience how to engage with you and how to interact with you and what to expect from you. When it's also too like social media to kind of pivot a little bit, social media is also such a strong thing because a lot of people, a lot of my clients that I've helped locally um, where I'm based out of is sometimes they question and they're like, they're, they're older generation or they just don't understand social media. So they're like, why do I need social media though? Like for me, I was doing content for a um, caterer and she's been in the game for 23 years. So she does events, weddings, everything you can think of. But her page, when you looked at her page, it looked like she was just a chef because it was just constantly photos of food. That was it. You didn't know that she was a full service caterer that came with tables, linens, an entire staff, bartenders. Like she could do it all. But just looking at the social media, 
I was like, oh, that's a chef. Like she doesn't cater. That's just a, just, a, I'm just going to get food from her. And it's because she kind of questioned, she's like, I've been in the game for 23 years. Like I'm the most known caterer in town. Like, why do I need this? And I was like, because someone new that moves here to town and is doing research as a bride or a groom or a corporate event, and they're looking through caterers, they're going to go with someone else based off of the fact that someone else has already showcased their entire portfolio of everything they have to offer versus you are only showcasing right now that you're a chef. I was like, people don't know everything you can do. And so we, you know, I kind of had to train her a little bit to be open-minded to it, but then it became a thing where now people expect behind the scenes of setting up events. They want to know what does the food prep look like? What linens are you picking out? What is the setup? And then they want to see the final product of it because they are now invested and they expect it. And so it's that on that flip side, like social media, just because you may not specifically be selling a product, a service, or you are, you've been doing it for so long and you're like, well, why do I need to add this another layer of marketing? One, it's free. If we play the game right, you don't have to pay. Okay. It's free. And then two, it's another portfolio for you. People are not using Google like they used to. People are using TikTok and Instagram. I mean, can you think of the last time you went somewhere and you were like, I want to see what their menu looks like. Can you went to Google? I'm like, girl, I don't even know who Google is anymore. I am pretty sure I saw somewhere that TikTok is now the most used search engine over Google. Yes. 100%. And it's scary <laughs> to think about. But it's true. And so is Instagram because now Instagram too has gotten rid of their hashtag strategy. Like they don't want you to use the actual hashtag symbol. They want you to use a selection of words that are searchable that are going to get people to that post. So same thing, like Instagram is trying to compete with TikTok to be a search engine. So make your content searchable and a portfolio for people to find you. Mm -hmm. It really can be simple. Like it does not have to yeah. be that hard. And I think, you know, like we talked about earlier, I feel like people overcomplicate it and they really don't have to. So mm -hmm. I, so for the people who are like, you know what, I don't want to do this at all. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know where to start. And they come to you and they're like, I need your help and yeah. I need your consulting. Where do you start? What does that like client walkthrough look like or their journey with you? Yeah. So it, for the most part, the journey is about the same. It can differ a little bit. Most of the time it's, we start with a consultation. If it's local in person, we'll go to coffee or I'll stop by your store, your shop, whatever it is. If it's virtual, we get on like a little call like this. And I just want to learn a, what your business is, what your brand is, or if you're just a local influencer that wants to grow and kind of just like have a presence online, I want to learn those things. Based off of that, I normally do a social media audit. So I'll look at your page. I'll kind of gather some information on your engagement, your insights, what's working, what's not working. And then I come to you and I present and I say, hey, here's what I can do for you. I offer packages that are three months, six months, or 12 months, you know, consultations. And within those packages, I can meet with you once a month twice a month or once a week. Cause some people really need that weekly structure. And some people are like, let's just check in once a month. And basically what we do in those times is we'll kind of, if you want like a content calendar, we'll make a content calendar. Most of the times though, it's me helping you gain confidence and being who you are on your presence on social media. So we talk about trending sounds that coordinate and make sense for you and your business. We talk about content ideas that are going to a gather a bigger audience, bring more eyes to you and keep the engagement going. We talk about the things that aren't working like, Hey, you've been trying this now let's, let's pivot instead of putting all the information in the picture and making it like a ad, let's put that information in the caption and make it a really cool picture. Like it's just kind of dissecting it all. 
normally I do tell people it takes about three months to get to see results because you've been doing something for so long. Your people are trained for this. And when you start doing something new, you're going to lose people. You're going to gain new people. So I'm like, give me three months. We get that momentum built up. And then you're going to feel confident in knowing like your posting schedule, what works for you, what your people like, what people don't like. And we'll just go with the basics. I offer what I do too, is I send out like a social media cheat sheet. Like here's the, here's the, the literally the basic best practices that I need you to do to keep this ball rolling and to get it to peak level. Um, and then within that, obviously there's some differences that I, you know, some people need more help with reels. Some people need more help with captions and stuff like that. I kind of cater it towards whatever, but end goal is if you hire me for three months, six months, or 12 months, whatever the end of our contract is, you shouldn't have to need me after that because you should feel confident in what you do. But I'll still be around if you need me. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that analogy. I heard one of my friends, she is a human design reader and coach. And she yeah. basically said, like, you shouldn't need me after three months. Right. You shouldn't need me after the six months that I'm working with you. You should know yourself well enough. You should know what you need. And like, mm -hmm. I'm just a tool here to help guide you to get to that point for you to be more intuitive in your business, in yourself with what you need and what you have to offer your audience. Right. And so I love that you said that because I feel like so many people are like, they're worried. They're, they think like, Oh, I need to keep, I need to go to, from this coach to this coach to that coach. And it's like, yeah. if you're working on one specific thing and that coach can help you with that, like you right. should learn all the things and be able to do it. It's like, if you're no Tino shade to anybody, but like, if you're the coach, you shouldn't want them to if you want them to continue on with you after the contract's up, it's because you're money hungry and you just want to make them depend on you to where they have to continue coming to you. That's fine. If you want to work it that way, that's okay. That's not a wrong way to do it. But I feel like the best way to do it to where your client trusts you and still feels confident is they shouldn't need you after that time. Maybe like a couple check-ins, like, hey, after three months, let's check in one more time. You know, just kind of like a continuous education, if you will. But it's like, I should do my job well enough to at the end of the three months you should feel confident to be like, you know what? I got this. Like I, I actually already did this before you were going to ask me about it, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, because at the end of the day, I'm not running your page for you. I'm teaching you on how to run your page yourself. So you shouldn't need me in the, like behind you telling you what to do for years to come. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's, that's kind of how it works when you work with me. And it's been so much fun. I have a client right now. It's kind of on pause. It's the holidays and everyone's traveling, but I have a multi-million dollar skincare line that I'm working with. And I like, go in and I go to virtual meetings with their entire marketing team. And I tell them what's working, what's not working. And when I tell you that was the most nerve wracking meetings I've ever had to sit in on my life, because <laughs> I'm like, you guys all have degrees and you guys have been working in the marketing industry for years. And then here's a little old me, you know, that's how I look at it. Little old me coming in here and telling you what you're doing wrong. I was like, someone's going to hate me on me. Someone's going to hate me on me. <laughs> how cool. And what a testament to like, who you are and what you've created and how you've been able to help brands transform influencers, transform anyone that you've worked with to be able to be like, Hey, I'm like an outside source for guidance. Cause I go yeah. through that same thing. I'm a college dropout. And there yeah. are so many times where I'll be like, Oh, like there's a speaking gig that I'd want to apply for or do. And my boyfriend's like, why aren't you doing it? I'm like, well, I'm a college dropout. Like who's going to listen to me? Like I have no awesome. formal Ingram. training. Yes. Yeah. I have that. And God, then, like, <laughs> I'm, like hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on the committee over here. For <laughs> like, I mean, 
<laughs> I know. And it's, it's crazy, but it's like, we have to, I think that's another thing, like when mindset comes into it, because I, it, you know, from a lot of what you're saying, you need to have those mindset shifts to feel yes. comfortable on social media. It's not going to be comfortable in the beginning. Nothing's going to be comfortable in the beginning, no. but I well, bet then it's not going to work. Exactly. And, and that's something that I always have to remember, like me in my comfort zone, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not changing anything. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going no. towards my goals. Like you yeah. have to put yourself in those uncomfortable situations, those rooms, those positions to be able to get to that next level. You should not be the smartest person in the room. You need I'm to like, go in those rooms right now is like gold. It's like music to my ears because like, I'm moving literally next week to Austin, Texas. I don't know a single person there other than my best friend that's moving with me. And she's meeting me there because she lives back home in South Carolina. And so all the things you just said, is exactly why I'm moving to Austin, because then this is not to sound cocky or like conceited or anything, but it's like, I'm the only one really doing what I'm doing in my city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. We have other social media, like managers and stuff, but I'm the only one really consulting people and helping people grow. And I'm like, I feel like I'm not at my full potential because I'm not learning from anybody because I'm not surrounding myself with other creatives that are doing it better than I am. And so my whole purpose for moving is because A, I'm too comfortable here. I've been here for eight years. I feel like I've peaked. I feel like I've kind of done everything I needed to do here. And could I stay here for another 10, 15, 20 years and live a good life? Absolutely. But I don't want that for myself. I want to grow. I want to get uncomfortable. I want to meet new people. I want to rub elbows with influencers that have hundreds of thousands of followers more than I have. I want to meet other consultants that are doing it way better than I am. I want to be the, like, I don't want to be the teacher for a while. I want to be the student while I'm still teaching other people. So it's like all the, all that you said is perfect because I'm like, that's exactly where I am right now. It's, I'm about to get so uncomfortable. <laughs> <It's starting. laughs> I love that. Well, and I think you have to have that mindset around it though. Even if like when you're in those rooms or when you might be one of the smarter people in the room, you have to understand like, I am always going to be a student. I'm all, there's always going to be something that I can gain from being in a room of people that make me feel uncomfortable. And yeah. there's always something to learn. Once you feel like you've learned it all, that's where you start heading downhill. So, and I also... I was going to say, I also have a ton of friends in Austin that I can introduce you to. Yeah. I have a bunch of lash artist friends, like tattoo artists. They're all in Austin and they're amazing. So. Oh my gosh. I would love that. I need a couple more tattoos once I move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and B, I'm going to need someone to help with these lash lifts once I move too. So I'm like, mm -hmm. send them my way. And if they need social media help, I'm their guy. <laughs> mm -hmm. I will literally send you the list of all my people. Oh my God. I'll, just, I'll just text them and be like, hey, just so you know, I'm sending you a friend <laughs> like, right, exactly. that I just met. <laughs> He's moving. <laughs> <laughs> literally just met 20 minutes ago but he's moving there and needs friends actually can we just go ahead and coordinate a dinner and they're all already there like, sure. yeah <laughs> i'm actually also visiting austin in april so we should meet up and like get dinner or something God, please yes mm -hmm. that'd be perfect look I at that, that. i know i love that i'm doing a conference down there so maybe i could get you in touch with the conference if they need social media help look at that we do it, we do it. <laughs> yes i love it <laughs> that okay so can i ask you a question yes please i want to know lash artistry what made you want to do it why but then what made you want to pull away from doing it so much yourself full-time but now teaching others to do it and kind of running your own salon and business okay so i'll give you the really short snippet yes. because my I audience is the podcast already knows <laughs> yeah it. like i'm selfishly yes. wanting it 
No, I love that. So half of my audience will probably be like, oh my gosh, if Mackenzie tells the story one more fucking time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just skip. So yeah. I dropped out of college. I, I was I was literally in college for 30 days. I called my mom on the 30th day and I said, hey, I unenrolled myself. I'm driving home today. And it was like a six hour drive. Wow. And she was like, whoa, um, okay, like, have you told your dad? <laughs> like, what's going on? I was like, no, can you tell him? Like, I'll see you guys at dinner. <laughs> and so, um, anyways, they were like, we respect your decision. Like, if you felt like that wasn't the right place for you, like, you you don't have to go back to college, but you have to do something. Like, right. if you just didn't like it there. And I was like, yes, I agree. I have to do something. I was getting my lashes done at the time. My mom was like, Kenzie, you've always loved makeup. You've always been so artistic and creative. And, um, you know, school was never really your thing. So I think you should, you know, pursue the arts and something else. And I went and toured a beauty school and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it here. And the gal that was doing my lashes at the time, back in 2014, they didn't teach lash extensions in beauty school. It was kind of still fairly new. Right, and yeah. so she told me that if I could get people to sign up for a class, bring her into the school, that she would give me the class for free. She said, if you get 12 people, you can take the class for free. So I got 24 people to sign up. Look at you. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, you guys, this is going to be great. No one's doing lashes. Like we're going to be able to get it on the ground floor. Um, long story short, I was really, really bad at lashes. I struggled and I could tell like each training that I took, it was like they were kind of frustrated because I wasn't getting it and mm -hmm. they didn't want to take the time to explain it to me differently. Yeah. Differently. And so that's kind of where I really got excited when so I was someone reached out to me actually and said, will you train me? And this was back in 2017. And I never really thought about it. And then I did my first training. I was like, okay, like, you're my guinea pig, I'm gonna charge you way less, like, and I'll send you updated curriculum. And when I started training, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this girl sucks, too. Like, it wasn't just me. <laughs> And so I was able to be like really patient. So I think I became the trainer that I needed. And yes. then the the students that I had that got it immediately, I was like, I could just praise them all day long. And I was like, you're kind of pissing me off though. Cause it took me really right. long and you're getting it. And she's like, well, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got into training and coaching. And then when the pandemic hit, I started doing virtual coaching for helping people like more in their business. And I did online courses. So people from around the world, or if they didn't want to fly up to Seattle, um, you know, they could take my trainings online and just kind of went from there. That's amazing. But it's, I think the, the coolest part of the story too, is that like, you knew what kind of instructor you needed that you didn't have at the time, you know? And so you were able to know what it felt like to have someone that was kind of just like getting aggravated, getting annoyed and kind of just going through the motion because they had to with you versus taking like the time to be patient and be like, Hey, it's okay. Like I was also the person that was struggling to get this, like you're going to be fine. So I think you bringing that little bit of maybe not trauma, but some form of trauma, you know, that like mm -hmm. that you went through yeah. is what makes you such a good you know, consultant, trainer, and all that because you know what it's like to be on the other end of it. Mm -hmm. Totally. Good. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. I feel like it's yeah. led me to where I've needed to be. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's kind of like with social media, I try to, I try to, I have to remind myself though to be patient with some people because, and my best friend that I'm moving in with, she also does like women's uh, business coaching and she's a lot more patient than I am. So she reminds me because there's some times where, I taught my first like social media class here a few months ago. And I remember telling her, I was like, I just feel like I don't have enough to talk about. Like, I feel like when I'm looking at my presentation, like 
no, people are going to leave here and be like, did we even learn anything? Like we need more. Like I just felt that she's like, you have to remember you are an expert at what you do. And for you, the basics that just comes natural that you do all the time is expert level for other people. And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like I do take for granted, I guess, the knowledge that I have. And I forget that even, even today I went to like hand off the baton to another uh, person that's going to be taking over one of the social media accounts. And she's just, she manages the store. She's in her 60s. She doesn't know anything about social media. And so I was trying to tell her, I was like, yeah, you post a reel and you do this and you do that. And she was like, what's a reel? And I was like, oh my God, I forget that. You know, like, again, <laughs> I'm an expert at it, but people need the basics. And so it's, it is kind of cool to remind yourself like, hey, just you're teaching someone from ground, start to finish, ground up. They know nothing sometimes and it's okay. And be patient with you were that person too at some point. Mm-hmm. And I feel like literally just going back to the basics and understanding, you know a lot more than you think you do. Mm-hmm. And when you get asked to be in that leadership position, or when you get asked to speak at a conference or do something, and you right. second guess yourself, that's where I like to reach out to my community, ask your peers, ask the people who are closest to you, like, will you review this? Will you look mm-hmm. at this? So you're so you don't feel like you're going in blind. So you have a little bit more confidence and remembering like you like you ask your best friend, like, Hey, like this feels crazy being able to have someone, you know, have a sounding board to tell you, Hey, like this is valuable. And the people need to hear this. Even if you feel like it's really basic, this is going to change lives today. Exactly. And that's kind of when I did my very first presentation for that skincare brand, I remember I called another friend and I was like, this is not like college where you can like, you know, someone reviews it and then they like edit it and do all this stuff before it gets sent out into the universe. Like, I have to just believe that the knowledge that I have in my brain that I have now transferred into this presentation is good enough in a way, you know, and it's like, it's what they need. And so then after the presentation, he called me, he's like, how'd it go? I was like, oh my God. I was like, that was amazing. Like I, you know, it's just kind of that little boost of like, I know this stuff because I mean, we kind of hit on it a little bit ago, like imposter syndrome. How often do we get online and we look at someone that's making a similar video that we are and we're like, their lighting is so much better. Their quality is so much better. Their voice sounds better. Look how funny they are. Mine wasn't like this. Or even talking about going back to the basics, I don't know how many times I will scroll and I look at someone's video and it's the most basic video. Like there is not an exuberant amount of lighting. There is no editing. There is no filter. It is literally just a very raw, unedited video and it has gone viral. It has so many comments. It has engagement like crazy. And their entire page is just them posting the basics. They're not adding all these transitions. They're not adding all these filters. They're not doing all this stuff. It's the basics. And that always reminds me when I see that, I'm like, okay, you're putting way too much thought into this again. You're starting to get in your head. Stop worrying about all this stuff and just film the damn video and post it. Totally. <laughs> you get it. You get it. Exactly. It's like, just do it. Because then the more you do it, the more you learn. Oh, I like when I do that style of video or, oh, I, you know what? I feel okay with my hair just in a bun, or I don't care if I stumble over my words because the message that's getting out is more important than it being perfect or me looking polished or, you know, feeling fully put together, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like what you're saying, what you have to share with your audience. That's what matters. Way more valuable. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like this was so much good information for oh all of the gosh. listeners. Yes. Do you have any last bits of advice or let us know where we can connect with you and hang out with you mainly on social media <laughs> so my or biggest, Instagram, I should say. Yes. My biggest piece of advice that I can tell people hands down is just be authentic, be original and be consistent. Don't expect your page to grow if you're only posting once a week and you're only posting like two stories a week. You're not going to get the the constant drive. You're not going to get that snowball effect. So if you just show up authentically and you show up consistently, you will see results. I promise. You just got to be patient. Um, and you can find me at Instagram at Arnold A. Relis. It's R-U-E-L-A-S. Um, I do have my TikTok. Wait, I think I honestly don't even remember the, 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 my username because I don't really use it as often. I'm trying to get, that's my 2024 thing though, is I'm trying to get better at TikTok, but I believe it's just Arnold Alexis LLC, which is my business name. Um, and I do have my website, ArnoldAlexis.com. So if anybody has any questions, any, you know, concerns, or if they just want to get some more information about consulting, I'd love to chat. Or if they just want to be friends, if you're in Austin and you're listening, <laughs> let's hang out. <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> I love that. And we'll have all these links in the show notes too. So you guys can find Arnold very easily. Thank you so much for coming on and we'll see yes, you guys in the next you. episode. Yes. Thanks.